Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Your hosts for the betting podcast during the offseason are going to be me, Eric Eager, and Ben Brown. Ben, how are you doing? Are you excited for the third straight year? We had a we had a winning year in AAF. We had a winning year in XFL. XFL, by the way, coming back next year. 2021, we have FCS football. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, I feel like we are definitely hashtag blessed, I guess, at this point in time. We get third straight year. I know FCS isn't necessarily kicking off a new season, but um, it's obviously going to be dramatically different than what it has been in years prior, definitely playing in the springtime. So it's kind of like we're getting this new league football that we kind of have to handicap and potentially bet. I probably bet on and potentially profit on. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's kind of a new challenge. And I do think there's a lot of uh, probably inefficiencies in some of these markets that kind of are getting going here. So I do think there's going to be an opportunity for our betters to potentially make some money on the FCS uh, this spring football season. Absolutely. And and we're going to talk about uh, the first game of the weekend, which is Tarleton State uh, versus McNeese State. We're going to talk about that at the end. Um, let's recap a little bit of what happened Sunday. Because obviously, you know, the Chiefs didn't win. Uh, I think some of us, even though I think our Green Line product was on Tampa, I think some of us leaned um, Kansas City for, you know, reasons that ended up being kind of narrative-driven, which were, you know, we all have Tampa Bay futures, Kansas City is undervalued, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, anybody on the Chiefs side ended up being wrong. Um, but we did do a great job, I think, of getting value, not only um, line value, but also just winning bets on props. We had Mike Evans unders. We had Edward Solaire overs. Um, we had Mahomes under passing yards. We had over a ten- like It was a very good game the way it shook out, and it showed that, you know, when you look at, you know, let's say you had a Tampa Bay future and you said, okay, you know, how do I hedge that with a Kansas City? You don't have to hedge Kansas City win. You can hedge with different things that are associated with a Kansas City win. And ultimately, um, those things hit even in the one-fourth of the game that we didn't think could happen, which was a Tampa Bay blew out um, the Kansas City Chiefs bend. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. I mean, it kind of seems like, you know – Obviously, we've become, you know, Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes fans in general based on what they did for us last year. I think, you know, we had some Buccaneers futures. We also had Chiefs futures. So I do think that maybe blinded us just a little bit on how good we thought the Chiefs actually were and how improved the Buccaneers were definitely with Tom Brady at quarterback. I think that was something we bought into pretty early on, um, but we didn't necessarily think they could overtake the Chiefs. So I do think, like, how the game played out was probably – um, kind of like you mentioned, probably like the least likely of the four scenarios that we had talked about last week. But I do think, still think we were able to kind of identify the player props and other markets that um, were not only going to be true when the game script that we projected actually came true, but also in a lot of these other game scripts that ended up happening. So I do think we were quite profitable. Like you said, I'm a Holmes under, Daryl Williams under, Daryl Williams matching up against Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette obviously did much better in that. So there were a lot of, you know, player props that we to- we touted, I guess, and, you know, the player prop tool had um, that were profitable. And like you said, Greenline actually kind of lead. I think the one play that we actually had in the full game market on Greenline was Tampa Bay money line at like plus 155 late in the week so obviously that came into fruition as well if I wasn't so hyped up on the Chiefs I think the Super Bowl probably could have been even a lot more profitable than what it ended up being at this point yeah I mean that happens and and some people you know certainly wanted a hedge after they got Tampa Bay early they were well we'll talk about this in a second year but they were 50 to 1 prior to Brady they were you know 20 25 to 1 with Brady and then 
you know, going into, I can't remember which week it was, but we, you know, in our futures article, by the way, futures article was over eight units in profit this year. Um, also, I added to that futures article some props that could go with, you know, sort of hedging either side. Those went three and one, um, you know, and then the props tool, you know, through, I think it was like 125 bets were eight units ahead, which, you know, given the the sort of unpredictable nature in which the game went, uh, I think a fairly good one. Okay, let's talk, let's move a little bit to 2021. There's only one game this week in FCS, so we'll talk about that at the end. Um, you know, the Super Bowl betting in futures market, we see Tampa Bay moving up a little bit. We actually see Green Bay moving back. These are moving somewhat here as we look at FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, Kansas City favored at 525 to 1. That is actually, the odds have gotten shorter there. They were 550. Tampa Bay 9 to 1, Green Bay 10 to 1, Baltimore 12 to 1, where they are tied with with Buffalo. Ben, when you look at these things, what do you think the best bet is? Because I don't think, look, I don't like the Chiefs at 5.25 to 1. Like it's it's not a good bet at this point. So many things have to go right for you to even get to the dance. Um, and then when you get to the dance and you're minus, you know, by the time it was closed, minus 154, you could still lose the game. But what are some long shots that you like? Yeah, I mean, and basically this is kind of how it worked out last year as well, why we kind of sat around here and we were talking about, you know, and at this point, Tom Brady wasn't certain that he was really going to move on from New England. I think the expectation was that he was going to go back there. But, you know, obviously quarterbacks are really important to both, you know, the game spread on a week-to-week basis, but obviously they're really influential on uh, the futures market. So you kind of have to understand how the quarterback situation is going to shake out here. Obviously, Deshaun Watson appears to be the most on the block um, so any team that he could potentially land with, I do think that's one reason why I see like the 49ers potentially all the way up to plus 1400. It seems like they're going to be a team that probably makes a move at quarterback. If they make a move at quarterback, I think that's only going to be a spot where they get higher in value. Of course, the Rams have already made the move with Stafford all the way up to plus 1300. I think they're probably a little bit overvalued at that yeah. point. I had a team's like the Browns. Um, obviously, the Saints are going to have a completely new look. I don't think you can really touch them with you no know, Drew Brees at plus 2,000. But I don't know. I'm looking at you know how the Deshaun Watson situation plays out, how the Seattle Seahawks situation with Russell Wilson plays out. They're at plus 2,200. So I think if you can kind of identify that, that's the spot that you're really going to make really good money on some of these future bets in the offseason. I think, you know, obviously that played out last year. It might not be as dramatic this year. But if you were sitting around, Looking at, you know, in 2020, who could be some of these long shot odds? I think it was really easy to identify that both the Colts and the Buccaneers were going to be looking for possibly new quarterbacks. If you can kind of trace, you know, Tom Brady to basically land in at Tampa Bay last year at this time, you're making obviously really good money. There are a few people that did that on um, Twitter that tweeted out some of the tickets. So it's just, you know, identifying some of those situations, I think, are probably the best to get long shot bets. So it kind of comes down to where do you think Deshaun Watson if Russell Wilson gets moved, is he a potential play at one of these teams? Are you looking at some team like the Broncos? Maybe the Bears end up with a new quarterback. What's going on in the, with the Las Vegas Raiders with Derek Carr? Are they possibly going to upgrade a quarterback? So I think those are that's probably the level that you're kind of looking at this point, right, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm looking at Carolina at 50 to one. I see second year coach, second year offensive coordinator Joe Brady, somebody who we've really liked. Uh, didn't end up getting a head coaching job. Uh, a lot of defenders sort of going into their second year. Their whole draft last year was defensive players. Plus, you play in a division. Saints breaking in a new quarterback. Falcons breaking in a new head coach. Um, and who knows about Tampa Bay? Obviously, if Brady at some point falls off a cliff, Carolina could be in there to slide up. Um, 
you know, but at the same time, you can look at Denver at 66 to one, uh, a place notably Deshaun Watson talked about wanting to go. Uh, but you could also look at Jets at 80 to one. I know he wasn't all that. The reports are he wasn't that thrilled in going there. But you know, we we've seen weirder things in 80 to one is such a humongous uh, payout. So those are all good ones. I you know. At this point in time, that's probably where I go. Um, New England at 41 might be a, a little bit of a play, um, but obviously they have a lot of they have further to go than just quarterback. And to your point, if you're talking about Rams at 13 to one, Niners at 14 to one, um, Seattle at 22 to one, all of those are sort of baked in. You're not getting good value there, so go for the longer shots. Wait, you know, look for you know, buy the tail as as they say. Right. Um, as, and as we learned, selling the tail during COVID was a stupid thing to do. Buying the tail uh, may be a better thing to do. Okay, let's move on to this game because, Ben, I'm pumped. We saw the line. So we were this, – this is an interesting thing. So last year XFL, previously year AF, AAF, we weren't getting lines for these games. I remember, like, think, you know, waiting pins and needles. We'd finally get the lines for these games, like, Thursday. And, of course, we quick bet them, quick bet them. We had, you know – we do. We are collecting data for all these games, which is not necessarily the case most years for FCS and PFF. We were collecting all the data for AAF, collecting all the data for XFL. We would build a small model. I think that's what we're going to do this year um, to bet these games. But we got this then available what Tuesday. We, yep. we saw you know McNeese State minus two and a half. We saw total on the game fifty six. I thought fifty six was way too much for the first game of the season. Way too much for uh, a game being played. Um, you know, in what was it, Stevensville, Texas, 28 degrees Fahrenheit, 30 miles per hour wind, 20% precipitation. So I bet under right away at 56. We've seen this. It's now 51 and a half as we talk on Friday afternoon. Um, spread basically the same. Ben, what do you think of this game? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely another spot where you kind of got to be shopping around. I know DraftKings Sportsbook has McNeese State minus 1.5 total 52 and a half so i think in some of these more inefficient markets even though it's football uh line shopping is probably going to get you a little bit of value but i don't know i can't really i can't really not target mcneese state at this point in time tarleton's basically stepping up moving up from division one to, to division or division two to division one double a it's um basically had a lot of turnover on the option side of the football they do have a new quarterback coming in um i want to say he's from uh, Western Kentucky is what it was. Stephen Duncan, right. he's, you know, decent PFF grades in 2018. Hasn't necessarily shown, you know, all that much. Uh, but McNeese State kind of looking like they're returning a lot of players. Were really good last year. Uh, quarterback, senior year, Ed Ragan's son. So, I mean, um, kind of got a pretty good tree from that regard. So, I kind of like what they're putting together. Um, obviously, we don't have much information to back off of. But if you kind of find, you know, if you're betting on DraftKings, McNeese State, minus one and a half. Um, total, I know we talked about early in the week. I know we got some 56, 56 and a half. I thought it might have even been at that point. Um, and then I said, you know, if we get down to 51, 51 and a half, are we going to be buying back, trying to hit that middle? I guess that's the only real question we have heading into Saturday at this point, Eric. Do you think uh, we can take the over 51 and a half, or are you still probably leaning towards the under at that point? Yeah, I mean, look, it, like I see it in DraftKings at 52 and a half, one and a half here. I'm, I'm a little bit irritated that I took some McNeese State. Um, was it minus one thirty three because it's minus on money on DraftKings? So yeah. I'm not getting great line value there. But at fifty six, I mean, you're getting. You, we got that early in the week. Now, you know, depending upon where you look, this is a great place to line shop. And these these markets are not going to be efficient. People with models are not necessarily going to have. You know, right now I'm looking at a book offshore 
it's still McNeese State minus two and a half total, 51 and a half. So if you're going to DraftKings, you still like that under. You, you can hammer the under there. 51 we know is sort of a key number. 56 we know is a key number. Sort of between those two, um, you know, you probably want to continue to drift under here. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm willing to give out, you know, as a as a play here. If people listen to the show on Saturday morning, they want something to bet. Saturday night. I think it's on ESPN Plus. I'm going to take McNeese State minus the point and a half. Look, the the fact of the matter is, you know, Tarleton State's coming from Division Two. They're 11 and one, I believe, from Division Two last year. Um, they're stepping up a little bit. McNeese State was a, a winning football team last year, seven and five. They bring back almost all their players um, and some players that have played, like Ed Ogeron's son Cody uh, is the quarterback. 24 touchdowns last year. Um, they have a guy at a receiver named Trevor Beige that caught 10 touchdowns. Jamal Pettigrew of the Pettigrew family is the tight end, formerly of LSU. Uh, and they have a returning running back, uh, as well as two defenders that, that are, are highly known, one from Tulane, one from South Alabama. So it, I, I like, I like McNeese State here. I know it's on the road. Um, but, and I know they're playing in Texas, which hasn't had the biggest COVID restrictions. We undervalued home field advantage in the Super Bowl bigly, in my opinion. Um, but I'm going to take McNeese State. Uh, and even at 52 and a half, Ben, I think it's probably an underplay. Right, yeah. I don't I don't mind that at, as well. It's, it's kind of an intriguing matchup here, because right, McNeese State breaking in a new coach, basically Frank Wilson, former LSU assistant. Uh, so they don't really have the continuity uh, from the coaching perspective, but they have it all basically on the offense side of the football and definitely on the defense side of the football. Uh, and Tarleton basically is the exact opposite. Obviously, they have, this, they have some coaching continuity, continuity but they don't necessarily have anything returning as far as you know skill position players on the offensive side of football so we'll see how it plays out I'm with you I think McNeese State if you can get it at one and a half on DraftKings I think I might lean towards the minus 120 money line just a little bit more Um, I kind of like that play but I don't really think it matters too much at minus one and a half or minus 120 on the money line Um, I don't mind paying the juice basically to get down to the money line price but yeah I think I think McNeese State's probably going to roll here um, 52 and a half 51 and a half I kind of want it to get down just a little bit further. I don't know if we're necessarily going to get yeah. there. If it got down to 50 and a half, even maybe 51, I don't mind dabbling on the over a little bit, but we'll see yeah. at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's the case. Like, we don't have models, but we do know essentially, right, we're talking about bad weather. We're talking about first game of the season. Mm-hmm. College totals, it's hard to bet under on those. 56 is not a high total for college football. But the market generally moves towards efficiency, and so the fact that we got you know three and a half, four four and a half points uh, of closing line value here is a step in the right direction for us. Um, the fact that our initial read on McNeese State, uh, depending upon where you look, ha- has moved in the other direction, might not be the best uh, thing for us. Right. But um, I- I'm just excited we get a little bit more football here. I know um, you know th- this has been a long season. It's been a long off season for a lot of people betting like Madden Sims and things like that. <laughs> Um, but uh, we're finally going to get another round of football, and then next year we'll have XFL. So uh, I'm excited for that. Ben, this is going to be a fun podcast this, this offseason. We're going to do, obviously, FCS stuff. We're going to do draft props. We're going to do, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, combine props if they're available. Um, so, you know, I'm excited for this, and, and hopefully our listeners are as well. Um, but yeah, th- this is going to be a fun. It's not going to be the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. It's be more like the PFF Weekly Podcast, but it's, it's exciting. So for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. Uh, you have listened to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.